All right, here we are, episode three of Infinite Banter. My name is Mark Jolliffe, and a lot to talk about from this past week. You can find us again. want to get everybody uh, situated with where you could find the show, at Infinite Banter on Twitter. Same for Facebook. On Instagram, you can hit me up at DJ Soundwave 75 That is also where you could find me on Twitter. And we have a new website that you could find the podcast on. It's at podcastswithans.com. All of them will be there. And you can also still find us on Mixcloud and SoundCloud. That's at Infinite Banter. So check us out there. Interact with the show. And there's a couple people who did message. So I want to get those uh, guys talked about real quick here before we get into it. And, of course, Captain Marvel is the main thing we're going to talk about here. But let me get into it. Uh, my guy Preach was listening to episode one. And I couldn't remember the guy who played Punisher in the Warzone movie. He had mentioned it was Ray Stevenson. So thanks for that. Uh, I do remember him uh, in Dexter as well. So he was he's a pretty good actor. I haven't seen him in much lately, but that is the guy who played it. So uh, thanks for pointing that out to me. And um, I also re- realized that last week I said that there weren't many people from the Sanford and Sons show that were still alive because Rollo, uh, Nathaniel Taylor had passed. And I was wrong. There's actually quite a few that are still alive. Lynn Hamilton, who plays Donna, she was Fred's uh, girlfriend. She's still around. Julio, who is the next-door neighbor. Gregory Sierra, he is still alive. That's good to hear. And Smitty and Hoppy, I thought at least one of them were gone, but they are both here. Um, Smitty, you might remember Hal Williams. He went on to play the father on 227. So Smitty and Hoppy are not gone. They are still here. And uh, that's pretty cool. I I thought that more uh, actors had passed on from that show, so I'm glad to see that they are quite a few that are still alive on the show unfortunately we've lost people like Rollo, Grady, Aunt Esther, Pat Morita had a bit part on there for a while, uh, Ron Glass I think a couple years ago passed away and Bubba so there's a lot of the main characters have passed on except for Lamont, Damon Wilson but uh, I just wanted to let people know that I did some research on it, and there's quite a few actors that are still alive from the Sanford and Son show and uh, one more uh, quick thing here, uh, Noel uh, who also helped with some of the artwork that you see on the banner, he was pointing out that Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel were not the first female comic book adaptation movies. And wait till you hear the two that he gave me. Barb Wire with Pamela Anderson and Tank Girl with Lori Petty. These are from the late 90s. And, you know, I got to say, man, I don't know if he's trolling me or not, but those movies are straight trash. Listen, man. Nobody's thinking about barbed wire now, then, at all. The movie is trash. I get it. You like Pamela Anderson. The only time I liked her in a movie was in Borat when he was trying to bag her in a potato sack and take her back to Kazakhstan. Otherwise, I don't want to see her in a movie. It was If that was based on a comic book, I'm not aware of it, and I never read it, so I don't care. I'm just, I am going to dismiss it. I don't think it counts. And Tank Girl, are you kidding me? Yeah, Lori Petty's career really... uh really springboarded from that movie. That must have been a big hit for her. Did anybody watch Tank Girl? I don't know a single person who's ever seen that movie. So, sorry, no, it doesn't work. You might be technically right. These are comic books, but nobody read those comic books. Nobody cares about those comic books, and nobody cared about those movies. So they are they are not on par with Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. So, uh, no, you, you, nice try, pal, but it's not going to work. Those movies suck. Nice try. All right, let's get into Captain Marvel. Besides Captain Marvel, I do want to touch on some other things. Uh, Fast Lanes tonight, the WWE pay-per-view. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And um, uh, Biggie, uh, Notorious B.I.G., his uh, 22nd year since his 
murder was the ninth. Today's the tenth. So I'll touch on that a little bit. Do my album review of Clear Soul Forces still, and uh, I think I might talk about R. Kelly for like a second or two. And uh, King Kong Bundy had passed away. I might mention that as well. So all that's on the docket. The Walking Dead as well. Probably mention that also. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get into Captain Marvel. If you do not want to know anything about the movie. I recommend you skim through this, I don't know, maybe about five minutes. I'm not going to go on it too long, but it's going to be a good five, maybe ten minutes tops. So hopefully you can find a good start point to come back if you want to skip over this. So it's Sunday afternoon. I watched the movie Saturday night, last night. And uh, I think most of us who have been watching all these Marvel films have had high expectations for this movie. They've been promoting it for such a long time. And uh, it, for the most part, lived up to it. I I don't want to say it was as good as I thought it would be, but it's definitely, it was not a disappointment, not at all. Uh, maybe like a tick below the expectations that I expected it to be. But overall, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It definitely felt like a better version of Green Lantern. If any of you remember that Ryan Reynolds' uh, terrible version of Green Lantern from a few years, probably more than a few years ago back, uh, that movie was not very good. But this one kind of does what that movie really could not do. It's tying the science fiction and, you know, the, the stuff going on on Earth and connecting it all. And there's a lot of similarities. You know, one's a fighter pilot and, you know, it's kind of uh, taken over by aliens and fights for, you know, the galaxy. So there's a lot of similarities between Captain Marvel and Green Lantern. But Captain Marvel got a lot of things right that Green Lantern did not. But it looks like it's doing pretty good at the box office. It's uh, looks like it's going to get $155 million. I don't remember what Black Panther did, but I don't think this is going to get close to Black Panther. But that's still pretty good for a character, to be honest. I guess you could say the same thing about Black Panther, but I think Captain Marvel, or as I always know her as Miss Marvel up until recently, wasn't really even up to that level. I don't, I don't think she was as popular as Black Panther was. So the fact that a movie about, and that's what Marvel does so good, they get these, these B-list characters maybe even C-list characters, and they give them a movie and it works. Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, all these movies are doing really well when they come out and they find a way to tie them into the main story arc with the Avengers. And DC can't even get it right with their main characters, let alone any of their B or C-list characters. And by the way, one quick note, uh, DC, I saw Idris Elba is going to play Deadshot in Suicide Squad, so that's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of The Wire and uh, Idris Elba played Stringer Bell, so it's nice to see he's going to get... A, uh, I think a, a chance to do a comic book role that'll actually be more of a feature role for him because he was in Dark Tower. I don't think any. I didn't. Even, I still have not seen that movie. I wanted to, but it got such bad reviews that I never bothered yet. And uh, he did play Heimel in the Thor movies, and uh, he was one of the ones turned to dust. Or no, he wasn't turned to dust. I mean, I got that wrong. He was killed at the beginning of Avengers: Infinity War. Let me get that. Thanos killed him. That's right. So. James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously has you know some ties to the Marvel Universe. He's bringing him on to take over Will Smith's role in the next Suicide Squad movie. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know if Margot Robbie's coming back. It looks like she's kind of... Uh, it's not really determined that she's going to have her character come back or not, but that would be cool if she was. And I expect this one to be a lot better than the first one. So back to Captain Marvel. Really liked it. Um... I'm almost wondering if a lot of us just watch this movie mainly because you want to see how it ties into Avengers more than just watching Captain Marvel. Because I wonder if this movie would be as exciting and get the box office hit that it did if it was just a standalone movie that had no real tie-ins. 
Maybe not, but I think it was done well enough that people would still care. But I was definitely, I, I can't i can't lie. I mean, I was really looking forward to those end credit scenes because I wanted to see how this ties in. And for those of you who need to know, it's, it's just done the same way each time. The movie ends, they have some uh, quick credits, then it goes into a scene, then the, you know, the boring, you know, black screen, white lettering uh, credits go by. And then there's one final scene at the end of that. They both tie into the Avengers movie. I'll talk about them here. Uh, the first one shows the pager, the the, uh, the pager that you see Nick Fury holding and setting out, the, I guess, a distress signal or a page or whatever you want to call it to Captain Marvel as he's turning to dust. And they have that pager in a like a laboratory setting and Cap and Black Widow, War Machine, Banner. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'm forgetting. They're all looking at it, trying to figure out who's on the other end of that, and then Captain Marvel shows up, so that's pretty cool. And then at the end of the credits, by the way, the cat in Captain Marvel, who's in the last scene of after the credits, is is that the star of the movie? It seemed like uh, the cat was really the, the the people I was sitting next to and in the theater. Everybody was really loving the cat stuff. Everything with the cat was hilarious. Nick Fury really took took the cat, took a liking to the cat, and. Uh, there's a big spoiler here. So apparently that's how he lost his eye. The cat scratches him. The cat is a an alien of some kind. They didn't really explain it. It swallows the Tesseract, and at the end of the movie in the end credits, it regurgitates the Tesseract. So that's uh, pretty crazy. It's at Nick Fury's desk. Nick Fury's not here anymore, so the cat... I still don't know who the cat is. It's not, a, it's not your typical cat. It kind of looks like Morris from those old like cat food commercials. But, uh, yeah, it throws up the uh, Tesseract, and that's the end of it. So we'll see what happens with that. There's got to be some kind of tie-in with that and the next Avengers movie. So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, the cat. I, I like dogs and cats. I'm not one of those that's one or the other. But it was pretty cool to see the cat kind of getting a do. You always see dogs in these movies. You know, it's everything's about a dog as a, as a main pet. You don't really see cats ever getting any kind of, uh, kind of shine. So big up to the cat, you know. But... Uh, Another thing I really liked about this movie was it looks like they're, I'm, I'm sure most people who've ever read any comic books in the past figured this out as well. The friend of Carol Danvers from Earth, uh, the pilot, her daughter's name is Monica Rambeau, which mo- most of us remember as Captain Marvel in the 80s. She was also known as Photon. And I really think they're building up to have her as a character. And, and in the 90s, that's when this movie takes place. The character's about maybe 10, 12 years old. So when you fast forward to now in the Avengers timeline, she's got to be probably 25 years old. So maybe even 30. So that's pretty cool. So that means that character has grown up and that character will now be in some of these movies, hopefully, or they'll do something. Maybe she gets her own movie, but I don't know if she'll be Photon, Captain Marvel, maybe a little bit of both. So that's, that's pretty cool. I caught that right away. Um, she has the big hair, kind of like uh, like Photon did. And uh, for those who maybe not remember, like in the 80s, she was one of the Captain Marvels. They're, it's kind of like Green Lantern in a way, too, and other similarities that they, the, the mantle gets passed on a little bit. And Marvel was the first one. And they play on that a little bit on the name in the movie. And Nick Fury's character basically says Marvel sounds better. But yeah, in, in the 80s, during Secret Wars, she was a Captain Marvel. She had that cool white outfit. Um, and then she became Photon. So it's pretty obvious that's what they're doing. Maybe that's part of the reason why they had this movie set in the 90s, 
not just so they could play No Doubt music, but also so they can have Photon growing up and be a major player in these next uh, next couple years in movies. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a sci-fi flick. You know, they have the scrolls, they have the Kree, a lot of spaceship battles. Uh, it's it's set in the '90s, so when they come back to Earth, there's a lot of like '90s references. There's a blockbuster video she crashes into. There's a Radio Shack. I think they mentioned laser tag for her outfit. That's what they call it. Uh, she's wearing a nine-inch nails shirt. I think you hear TLC. You hear Nirvana. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Hole. So there's a lot of references to the 90s, and I believe it's set in 95s. I think there's a part where they say six years later, and supposedly that was 89 when she crashed her plane, and Carol Danvers doesn't even remember anything from her life on Earth. She's been out in space uh, with the Kree, and she doesn't remember anything. It starts to come back to her as, a, as the movie goes on, and she realizes that she was here. But the movie really tries to play on the women in power or women having abilities, and they can do things that men can do. It's not heavy-handed, but they definitely let you know. They're, they're trying to put that out there so that you can see it. It's, it's not over the top, but they're definitely putting it there so you recognize it. There are a couple cool cameos, too. I mean, Jude Law's in it. Um, I had a feeling he was going to be the bad guy for some reason. Um, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Jumanju Hasu. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He was in Blood Diamond. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's in it. Uh, one of the cameos I didn't realize until I was looking at the credits was Gemma Chan plays one of the Kree as well, and she's from Humans, and she was in Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know if any of you know about those movies, but she was in that, and that's pretty cool that she she got a role in this. And I didn't even recognize it because she's all blue. She's got like half her hair cut off, but uh, she was really cool in the movie, and I didn't realize that was her. And then... For Star Wars fans, if you saw Rogue One, uh, director Krennic, Ben Mendelsohn, at first he plays a guy that you, you despise as soon as he comes on screen. Like, oh, he's just, just like the uh, guy in Rogue One. He's a jerk. My achievement! And uh, that's a Rogue One line. And he he ends up being a scroll. We find that out. And he's actually, they, they actually, it's kind of funny how they make the scrolls at first. They're the bad guys. And then as the movie starts to go on, you actually feel some sympathy for the scrolls and you realize that they're not, you know, a bad race of people or, or alien. So it's a pretty good movie. I liked it. Uh, if I had to rate it from like one to five stars, I'd probably give it three and uh, three quarters, maybe almost four stars. It's pretty good. I definitely would recommend people go check it out. And it was will definitely set you up for the Avengers movie, which comes out later in April. And it's going to tie everything together. So Captain Marvel, a uh, big plus for me. I really liked it, and I liked the idea of having Photon, Samuel Jackson with hair. Uh, there's also uh, Coulson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the first Avengers movie and first Thor movie. He makes an appearance in it, and they do that thing where they make him look a lot younger with the CGI stuff. Um, at times it looked a little stiff, you know, because it's not really him. But uh, it works. It's fine. And... Uh, it's good. It's a really good movie. I think everybody should check it out. It's uh, definitely, if you like science fiction, and if you want to see a better version of Green Lantern, go check out Captain Marvel, and you can now see how all of this is going to tie together. Was it all worth it, worth their wait? Well, it's Sunday afternoon, and today is another WWE pay-per-view. It is Fastlane, or as I like to think of it, it's the speed bump before WrestleMania. And the card is... It's okay. I mean, these are matches that I think you could have put on Raw and SmackDown, and you didn't necessarily need a pay-per-view for it. I'll run down the card for you here. So the first match I see here is the Revival 
They're the tag champs are going to go against Rude and Gable and also against Black and Ricochet. So I don't really know what to think of this match. Uh, it was kind of cool. The Revival finally got their due and they got the belts, but they've been doing nothing but losing matches ever since. They've been jobbing for uh, Aleister Black and Ricochet. Uh, Rude and Gable really haven't done anything since they lost the belts. And I'll be honest, I I uh, I like them individually. I don't necessarily like them as a team. Rude especially. I would love to see Rude be a, an actual heel and do the stuff he was doing at NXT. And they really, him and Shinsuke to me are two of the biggest disappointments. Not because they've done anything wrong. It's really how they've been handled. How they've been booked. And those two guys are red hot coming out of NXT. They couldn't be more over. And they bring them up here and they just mishandle how they use them both. Um, especially uh, Shinsuke. I don't even know what he's doing now. I guess he's teaming with Rusev. And I don't know if he's going to be leaving. I did see that uh, Gals and Anderson, it looks like they're going to be leaving. I guess their contract runs out pretty soon. Now, AJ and Shinsuke, I think their contracts are up as well. So hopefully those guys don't leave. Real quick about AJ Styles. I just want to give a shout. Uh, I actually got to meet him on Friday here in the Chicagoland area. The World of Wheels convention uh, was in town, and he was doing an appearance on Friday. So me and that guy Noel, who was bashing earlier about Tank Girl and Barbed Wire, uh, we stood in line for a couple hours. It was worth the wait, though, and uh, got to meet AJ, who's my favorite of of the current day. I mean, I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid, but of the last 10, 15 years, he's basically been the one person that has got me back into watching it again. And I told him as much. And it was really cool. Got a picture with him. Got him to sign my uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine. So uh, really cool to meet AJ. That was a big deal. And that's the crowd chanting for AJ Styles when he comes up to his uh, his table there to start signing for all of us. I've been waiting for a couple hours. So uh, glad I recorded at the time. I was hoping he was going to come out and do the whole AJ Styles thing with the two two glove hands together with the P1 and do the stance with the arms spread out. Uh, but he essentially just sat down and just started signing. So <laughs> whatever. But it was kind of cool. I thought I'd throw a little uh, actual sound from the event into the podcast here. Really cool to meet AJ. It was a big deal and uh, worth the wait. Worth the wait. But um, getting back into it, he doesn't really have much of a match coming up for WrestleMania. It looks like it's going to be Randy Orton. So he's not really even in the title picture. I'm wondering if there's some sort of like maybe nagging injury that's kind of keeping him out of uh, doing any kind of real competition lately, and they're just kind of holding him, you know, kind of keeping him back a little bit until uh, until WrestleMania and give him a match with Randy Orton. Because they both don't really have anything going on uh, either way. Some other matches for tonight. You've also got the uh, the Shield versus Drew McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin, and this is just like a real feel good thing. Roman Reigns' first action in a while, first pay per view in probably, what, seven months or so, and uh, so it's good to see this. I mean, they've been building these three bad guys as like kind of a heel faction for a while now. I don't think they even have a name, but uh, the Shield reunion finally happened on Monday. Dean Ambrose reluctantly uh, joined back with the gang, and now they're all together, and if Ambrose really is leaving after WrestleMania, then this could be their last hurrah as a uh, faction. So we'll see how that goes. I, I definitely expect them to win. That's going to be a match I think is going to get a lot of attention, and people want to see how does Roman look in the ring. I would imagine he's got to be up to full strength if he's in a match like this, going against three behemoths like those guys. Uh, you also got the probably the biggest match to me, even though I have an idea how it's going to end. I think there's going to be not much suspense to this. It's going to be Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. If Becky wins, she's inserted into the match against Ronda Rousey, so it'll be a triple threat 
we all pretty much can I, I don't see how there's any way Becky Lynch is not in that match but how do you have her beat Charlotte without making Charlotte look weak at the same time that's going to be the trick I can maybe see some sort of weird thing where Ronda comes out and interferes and the match is kind of a, a no contest or a draw or maybe there's a count out or a DQ by Charlotte or something I don't see Becky actually take you know getting a pinfall or a tap out but I do see somehow some way Becky comes out of this not on the losing end and will obviously there's no way they don't have her in that match on WrestleMania so that's one match that should be really big to watch uh Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens uh, no Kofi Kingston he's been uh, taken out and Kevin Owens has taken his place and Owens if you weren't sure before on Tuesday Smackdown he definitely he's a face at least he is right now yeah, unless he does some sort of a crazy thing on the side here or in this match or leading up to WrestleMania. Right now, he is a as face as you can be, and Brian was definitely uh, making fun of him pretty good, calling him that he looked like the other fans in the audience. And <laughs> it was a pretty funny promo. I mean, Daniel Bryan really hasn't been that good to me in the promo since he's been the champion, but I think like the fickle thing doesn't do anything for me, but to each his own. Some people probably like it. I think it's stupid, but... I thought this promo was pretty good with him and Rowan and talking bad about the fans and saying Kevin Owens looks like them. And uh, Rowan even told the fans to shut up. So it was actually finally some good heel work by them. I think they got some real good heat off of it. So that matches tonight, as well as the Usos versus Miz and Shane. And I assume that the Miz and Shane thing's got to blow up here eventually so they can fight each other at WrestleMania. And the Usos, of course, you know, they're probably one of the best tag teams in the, on the planet right now. And you've also got Bailey and Sasha finally defending those championships against Nia and Tamina. I don't see how they lose the belts here. And uh, I'm not sure who they're going to face at WrestleMania. I can't imagine they're going to do this match again. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Nia and Tamina turn on each other, something like that happening. But I, I have a feeling that Bailey and Sasha, a little bit I've seen like on Instagram and such, they might end up facing a couple from NXT. A couple other matches, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. They've gone at it a couple times here and here and there on SmackDown. So this will be another really fun match, I'm sure. Lots of action in it. And then uh, Asuka versus Mandy Rose. And hopefully Asuka's okay from her uh, little scare from uh, last week. And apparently she's got to be okay because she's in the match. I like Mandy Rose a lot. I've liked her when she was on Tough Enough. I thought she should have won. Along with Patrick Clark, a.k.a. Velveteen Dream. They were both the best on that show. They both did not win. The people who won that show, I have no idea if they're even wrestling anymore, but... I know as a viewer, I, I saw those two right away. It's that these two are going to be something. And I think Mandy Rose every, has everything you want. She's She's got the look. She's got the, the ability. Um, I just don't know if she's ready to be thrusted into this spotlight. But unfortunately, with SmackDown, they've taken two of their best off the roster now. They're involved with Raw stuff. And Asuka's kind of left in the cold. She doesn't really have anybody to go against. So we're getting Mandy Rose tonight. I really hope they don't have Asuka lose. I think this is really... I'm really getting frustrated how they're using her. I don't know how else to say it. She's had the belt. She's really done one match or two, at least on TV, since she's won the belt. She wasn't even in the last pay-per-view. And uh, I'm just kind of frustrated with how they're handling her. So that's the card for tonight. I'll be watching and uh, see what happens and then go into Raw and SmackDown. By the time I do another podcast, so much could have happened by then that tonight's uh, fast lane might be, a, might be an afterthought. And uh, we'll see how Kofi is inserted back into all of this. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. So, um, yeah, definitely can't wait to check it out. Should be should be a fun pay-per-view, but I don't think it's going to be anything that uh, earth-shattering with any of the results from it. And one last wrestling note. On last Monday night, 
after Raw went off, King Kong Bundy passed away. I believe he was 61 years old. And as a kid growing up in the 80s, King Kong Bundy was one of the better heels, villains, bad guys of the time. Big dude. Uh, I think Gorilla Monsoon used to refer to him as a condominium with legs. I was I didn't realize this because I didn't watch Married with Children. I guess he was on there quite a few times. And the name of the family on Married with Children, the Bundys, I, I, I read this online. Hopefully I'm not misinformed here. But it said that the creators named that family after King Kong Bundy. And the neighbors, I guess, are named the Rhodes. So that would be obviously after Dusty Rhodes. Unless I'm wrong. That's what I read somewhere online this past week, shortly after Bundy had passed. But, uh, yeah, King Kong Bundy, uh, his his probably big moment in WrestleMania 2 would have been you know against Hulk Hogan with the steel cage match where uh, he and Morocco had broken, quote-unquote, Hulk Hogan's ribs. And then in WrestleMania 2, and Hogan shows up, he's got the wrapped-up ribs. And uh, that was a WrestleMania where they had it in three separate cities. It was New York, Chicago, and L.A. L.A. is where they had that match with Bundy and Hogan. Hogan, of course, won. Uh, I think Bundy got pretty bloody in that one. But as a kid, I mean, that was a big deal. A steel cage match. Bundy looked like he was... He, he looked like he he was not a guy that Hogan could beat. And, of course, you know, Hogan had a bigger, gianter man, gianter, a word, uh, in Andre the Giant, the next WrestleMania. So, uh, rest in peace to King Kong Bundy. He always seemed like a nice guy. I saw a couple interviews with him, you know, during the years, and he seemed like he was a funny guy, didn't hold back too much. I guess he tried stand-up comedy. I'll always remember him also in the uh, Richard Pryor movie, Moving, which I'm a big fan of Richard Pryor, and he played one of the three uh, goon movers, that uh, I don't know if he spoke much in it, but he was pretty funny. He was walking around with like a pair of overalls with no shirts, and uh, he was just a big goon. And uh, that's probably one of the last good Richard Pryor movies before he started to have a lot of health problems where he couldn't even do anything anymore. But yeah, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy, one of the better heels. And it's too bad King Kong Bundy is not in the Hall of Fame, and I don't know if he ever will get in. Maybe he will now that he's passed on. But, you know, I it's kind of takes some of the celebrating of the Hall of Fame induction out of it when somebody like him passes on and they put him in there. Maybe they'll do it with Jim the Anvil Neidhart or guys who've been gone for a while like Davey Boy Smith or or even China. She's going in this year as part of D-Generation X, but she should have gone in as a singles performer. Um, and it just stinks that she's not around to be part of it, to be part of the celebration. And even if King Kong Bundy or Jim the Anvil Neidhart or Dynamite Kid or Davey Boy Smith or named like you know how many have passed on if they ever do get in kind of like when macho man got in Ugh, they're not here to see it and it just kind of takes some of it out of it so r.i.p to king kong bundy one of the great heels of the time and uh definitely will be missed speaking of those that have passed on uh, notorious big christopher wallace uh, passed away in 1997 on March 9th, and it is March 10th. So yesterday, a lot of people were posting, a lot of people were thinking, playing, listening to, watching videos of the uh, Notorious B.I.G. And of course, that murder is still yet to be solved, and him and Tupac, and we don't know when those will ever happen, and it just seems like nobody seems to care, no matter how many uh, TV series or movies that are made about it, documentaries, books that are written, we'll never find out what actually happened, and no one will ever be arrested for it. But... uh yeah, rest in peace, B.I.G. It's just hard to believe it's been this many years already. I mean, him and Tupac essentially have been dead as long as they were alive. I mean, it's almost the same amount of years now because they're both in their early mid-20s. So, uh, yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's 
every year in this March 9th comes around, you think about it and just, you know, what would he have done if he had another couple years, maybe a couple more albums? Because he only made two while he was alive. And that there's stuff that's come out afterwards, but uh, he wasn't around for those. So they don't have the same feel as when he was here. A lot of people regard him as the best of all time. I don't have him in my top three, but he is definitely one of the all-time greats. So uh, rest in peace to Notorious B.I.G. And uh, also the 25th anniversary of Hard to Earn, Gangstar's fourth album, my favorite Gangstar album. I would talk about it today, but I want to give it its proper due, and I'm going to talk about it next week because I want to talk about the Clear Soul Forces album that I promoted last week. But uh, yeah, next week I think I'm going to play Hard to Earn in the car a little bit, get reacclimated with it. I, I mean, it's not like I need to hear it because I don't remember any of it, but it's always good to hear something again that you haven't heard in a while. It's probably been a good year since I played it, but uh, easily one of the best albums of all time and definitely Gangstar's, uh, in my opinion, their best record. So I'll talk about that more in depth next week, but... I do want to talk about Clear Soul Forces. Their album still dropped about two weeks ago, and I got the record in the mail. And it's clear, of course, because it's Clear Soul Forces. Why wouldn't it be? You know, a lot of vinyl that seems to be made these days, they're not black anymore. They're colored, or they have different, I don't know what to call it, but I have like a Cypress Hill one. It has like smoke on it. A lot of these records, they just they just have a different feel to them, and they're definitely doing a lot more with them to make them look like more of a they're more of a collector's item than they are just for playing music so they're doing a lot of things to get people like myself or record buyers record collectors music lovers giving us more than just you know the typical record uh vinyl so that's pretty cool and uh yeah the album's really good i, I essentially w- would put it like this if you like far side if you like souls of mischief kind of think of a 2019 version of those guys you know four dudes from detroit rhyming at a nice fast pace going back and forth with each other. Uh, beats are good. The production's great. Um, the album is pretty good. It's pretty It's pretty good. If you've listened to them before, this is the first album of theirs I heard from start to finish. I've, I've heard songs from them uh, here and there, played videos of theirs on YouTube and such, and I'm definitely a fan of theirs, but I never actually had a full album. And this is the first one I've gotten, and I have to say, these guys lived up to it. Like It really reminds you of like you know Souls of Mischief almost. If they were around now, I think this is how they would sound. And that's that's a compliment. I don't mean that in any kind of like way of like saying they're biting souls of mischief or anything like that. It's just they're they're really good. Kind of remind me of Mountain Brothers a little bit too, if anybody remembers them. But you don't see a lot of hip hop groups anymore. It's usually like one guy, or two guys, but it's never like four. You don't see a group like that. You were three or four guys going back and forth. So really good album. Uh, some of the standout al- uh, songs on there. Hit me now. They have a video for that one. And dinner time. Those are probably the two bigger songs on the record right now. I like the song They Shootin', that's pretty good. Uh, Swordplay, the thing that's really cool about these guys is that they reference so much nerd stuff. I mean, they're like perfect for this podcast or people who listen to it or just me in general. I mean, they really hit home on, I just wrote a list of some of the things they reference. First of all, these guys are obviously big wrestling fans. They talk about Hollywood Hogan, Diamond Cutter, Uh, what else did I see in here? Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. They also reference comic books like crazy. I saw Gene Gray. I heard them talk about Frank Castle, Matt Murdock, uh, they talk, Adam Warlock, it's a reference, Hail Hydra, uh, what else did I write here? My writing's so terrible. They reference Ultron, Cybertron, Rambo, Mortal Kombat, Prince even gets a, a nod on here. And uh, what's cool too is that I'm a BC Boy fan and they, on one of the last songs on the album called uh, Don't Stop, they actually sample Sure Shot. I didn't catch it the first time because it's very... Very low, and if you're not paying attention, you'll, you'll miss it. 
but it's pretty cool what they do there. And then uh, one of them does a Flair promo at the end. He does the whole style and profile and uh, Ric Flair promo. So definitely go check it out. There's a hidden track that's on, on there uh, that plays past the, the tracks that are listed. That one's really good. The only track on there I wasn't really feeling was this one called Pump Pump. It just kind of felt like it didn't belong on there. But uh, as a whole, just like I did with Captain Marvel, if you're going on like a scale of one to five, I, I'd put this one like right at a four, maybe a little little notch below that, you know, three and three quarters or whatever. But it's pretty good. Go check out Clear Soul Forces. They've got videos for two of the big songs on here, Dinner Time and Hit Me Now. And you can uh, go check that album out. It's called Still. Definitely worth listening to if you like that that four four MCs going back and forth over good production like back in like the Souls of Mischief era, Far Side, kind of like that, you'll, you'll definitely get a kick out of these guys. Represent uh, Clear Soul Forces. Check out that new album still. I have to talk about R. Kelly for a minute here. Did you guys see that interview he did? I didn't see the the next part of it. There was one that aired on Friday night. I did not catch that one. But the one that's been on the internet and everywhere, it's about 10 minutes long with Gail King from CBS. Um... I don't mean to laugh at it, but I thought that dude was going to start singing when he starts saying, is this the camera that's on me? And it looked like he got up and I thought he was going to start singing a song about being innocent. He was like, don't you want to believe the truth? He's like getting all crazy. He's like punching the air and punching his fist and, you know, looked like for a second that uh, I'm sure Gail King was a little nervous, but although she said she wasn't, but there was a point where he got up and it looked like he was going to get into her face, but he was... He was fine. He didn't do anything to her. But, yeah, it looked like he was going to start singing his new his new song about being innocent. Uh, I Believe I Can Cry maybe would be maybe that would be a sequel to his other big hit that everybody knows. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, I live in Chicago area here, and, of course, he gets a lot of uh, news about him because he's from here as well, and I guess he lives in the Trump Tower. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, um, so that that interview was pretty crazy, and the fact that he's – He's definitely denying all this stuff, but he's not denying it in a way that I would deny it. If if I really didn't do something, if somebody asked me if I did something, I wouldn't say you can't do double jeopardy. I would say no, I didn't do it. But he instead of saying he didn't do it, he just you know he just says it's crazy. Use your common sense. He says something weird about why would I lock somebody up where they couldn't go except to go get shoes from their uncle. I, I, this, he was saying some crazy stuff. I mean, it was like something out of Black Snake Moan. I don't know what he was talking about. But he was like, I'm fighting for my life. And I thought he was going to start singing our, an R. Kelly song. I was waiting for it. You know, you don't want to believe the truth. It's just something else. If you want to go out there and just type in R. Kelly on YouTube and Gail, uh, Gail King, she was the one who interviewed him. It's great stuff. It, it's just it's it's fun to watch in a way, and it's it's kind of this. I don't know how to say it. it. I'm not happy any of this happened. I'm not glad he's going through all this, but he put himself here. This is what he he's a fifty something year old man. He's got two girlfriends that are in their early twenties. I mean, for a guy who says he doesn't do these things, he doesn't really do a whole lot to convince you otherwise. So, I, I don't know what's going to happen with all this when this is all over with. What happens to this dude? But. Um, the interview is entertaining nonetheless, and just to see him get up, and I, like I said, I thought he was going to start singing a song, and uh, that's that's just crazy to me. Pretty excited about The Walking Dead today. Um, it is episode five from The Split, so the 13th episode of the season, and uh, it is really starting to ramp up. The horror aspect has been brought back on this show, which I really like. 
spoiler thing again. So if you want to know what happened last week or what's going on, uh, fast forward. Walking Dead is really starting to pick up. I like the idea with the whispers. Some really cool stuff last week when they showed Beta for the first time and the how they actually get the masks and how they make them. It's pretty, pretty gruesome stuff. And, and then when Alpha does the whole, uh, I guess it's wire she used to take the head off of one of the conspiring uh, whisperers that were going against her and challenging her leadership. And then uh, her, I guess it's her boyfriend. I don't know what, what they are to each other, but he also got uh, stabbed by Alpha. So Alpha's, she's brutal. They've had a lot of villains on the show in the past, but she might be the most gruesome, terrifying, scary villain they've had. Uh, Negan, who's still on the show, he's not really a villain anymore. And that was something I was kind of thinking about too. Like, was it just me or am I the only one who wanted him out of the prison? Like, I'm ready for him to join the group, even though this guy, he is he has done some of the worst things on this show in its history of the series, taking out two of the most beloved characters of the show. And and I will say this, his introduction is one of the greatest uh, introductions in television history, and I love that that whole segment where he comes out of the, the trailer. It's almost like he's an actor coming on stage and performing for the first time to a, a new audience really I just love how they did that and the, the suspense and the build-up and of course everybody in the summer was just grueling over who it was that he lucilled but I'm rooting for Negan to get out of the prison and I want him to be a contributor to the group and I I can't believe I'm at this point but I really like the actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan I feel like his character has grown since he's been put in the prison and uh We'll see what happens with that. I think uh, if they take the line in the comic books where he's the one who uh, kills Alpha, that'd be kind of cool to see that happen on the show. But uh, yeah, I really like I really like where the show's going. Uh, they've got the uh, the love triangle, or is it quadruple? I don't know what <laughs> what do you call it, octagon or no? How many people are in this? It's, it's, it's Eugene, Sadiq, Rosita, and Gabriel. They're the only four that are part of this. So it's not necessarily a love triangle uh, to quote the Gap Band, if anybody remembers that song. But uh, that's kind of cool. I like how Eugene brought out the chart. He's got his, his Kumo D on. I don't know if you remember How You Like Me Now, the album for Kumo D. I've referenced this a ton of times on different things. He has like a report card for all the MCs and rap groups at the time back in like 87. And he would grade them accordingly. And then you'd come up with a final score to determine where your worth is or how good you are at being a rap group or a rapper. And uh, Eugene brought out some sort of chart he came up with to see you know how he and Gabriel and Sadiq how they rate themselves as being potential boyfriends or mates for Rosita. It's very crazy stuff. This guy is, you know, he's on another level with his whole, the way his brain operates and his lack of social skills. But uh, it just made me think of the Kumodi report cards. So shout out to Kumodi and uh, the report card, which like I said, I've used it. I used it for wrestling once. I was grading who the, some of the best wrestlers were, and I used that report card. And it's, it's a good way to do it. You know, if you ever need to figure out something like that, I'm a, I'm a dork when it comes to making lists and grading things. So, yeah, Walking Dead, I'm excited about it. Uh, Daryl had on the mask, and they got Lydia and, and Henry from the camp. Uh, they were Henry was tracking Lydia, who went back with the whispers, and then uh, at the end of the episode, Daryl did what Dwight did in the comic books. He put the mask on, got them out of there, and uh, I think there's a beta Daryl one-on-one match that's supposed to happen tonight, kind of like a WrestleMania event-worthy uh, bout that's going to go on uh, between those two Sunday night tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm really starting to like uh, Colleen, the the, the 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 new member of the series. 
She doesn't speak. She's just sign language. I'm starting to really get into her character, and I don't know if her and Daryl are going to have like a romance thing or whatever, but I like that they're together. They're out looking for uh, Henry, and they, they, there's a good rapport between the two of them. It works pretty good because Daryl is, is a man of many, many like grunts and looks, but he doesn't say much, and she can't speak. So I think together it's kind of a good yin and yang, or yang and yang, or I don't, I don't know how, you, how would you say that, but they're they're very similar to each other. So that works for uh, both of them, and uh, I I can't wait for the show tonight. It's getting ready to wrap up, and I have a feeling that there's going to be some uh, some dead characters coming up soon at the uh, the Whisperer Border Wall where they. Well, it's not a wall. It, it's it's pikes, and they put heads of characters that they've killed uh, from each community. And, and I don't want to say who they are because in the comic books, I might ruin who's on the show. But I have a feeling that a certain king is not long for the show. So yeah, Walking Dead, go check that out. I, I can't wait to see what happens tonight. I'll I'll talk about it a little bit next week. If you get any feedback? You guys could hit me up. Got to keep promoting this at Infinite Banter on Twitter at Infinite Banter on Facebook. Uh, podcast.com mixcloud soundcloud check them out another weird thing i wanted to throw out there is that um i've been trying to sell stuff uh not not anything major but on craigslist on ebay uh facebook marketplace which actually where i've had the most luck with selling things and uh, i mean nothing but like a couple comic books here and there uh what else did i sell i sold uh, uh an old battleship i found and got 20 bucks for it, whatever stupid stuff like that uh let go which i've used but i don't like let go too much the reason i'm bringing this up i have like four or five issues of the breaking of the bat batman nightfall i think it's number 497 where bane breaks batman's back and i had it up on craigslist i've had it on there for like over a year and nobody's ever messaged me about it finally this week somebody messaged me and this is why i'm bringing it up and i wonder if anybody out there has had this kind of you know deal with anybody trying to sell something get this kind of feedback i'm selling it for five dollars which is essentially nothing and the guy's guy's message was final price question mark i'm like are you serious it's five dollars dude it's five dollars this isn't like crack money this isn't like you know i need every dollar i'm trying to go out there and, and go buy something with this five measly dollars like it's five bucks dude that final price like what what did you want it for two dollars three dollars no it's five fucking dollars there is. What do you mean, final price? Of course, it's it's it, that happens a lot. Whenever you post something, you're going to get people who are interested, and then they're going to get the uh, oh, uh, you willing to go down on it? You're willing to willing to give you know give it to me for less money? And it there's a point where you're like maybe you might if you're asking for more than you think something's worth. But when something's five dollars, I couldn't believe I got the final price question. Like, yeah, what do you think? It's five bucks, man. No, no, it, there is no, there is no going down on this. It's five dollars. Do you want your Batman book or not? It's so stupid. I know one. I did sell one to somebody else, and I ended up mailing it to the guy. And the guy actually gave me extra money because I had to ship it to him. So that was cool. But generally, I'm not going to go drive this to you. You got to come get it. It's cash only, like this is, or PayPal at the very least. But you know, five dollars. Like, come on now. What, what what are we doing here? What is this? <laughs> you serious, man? It makes me not want to ever try to sell anything on there because of the kind of hassle you deal with when you try to sell something. I just I just can't get over it. Five dollars? I mean, are you kidding me? You can't find five bucks? It's you need to know if that's the final price. It's the final price, dude. It's five bucks. This isn't crack money. I wanted to give a quick plug to my uh my friend. I've known him since high school. Uh 
Tony O.T., he has a show that's on public access. So here in the Chicago area, if you have Comcast on the public access channel 35, uh, last night, which was Saturday, and the Saturday before, and the next two Saturdays, he has a time slot from 9 to 9.30, and his show airs on that 30 minutes. And it's a show that is very hard to explain, and if you watch it, you either hate it or you love it, but it's essentially him doing a bunch of bits. Um, he has one where uh, he's doing a, something he calls a butt wipe dance, where he's playing a bunch of music, and he's mimicking wiping his butt, and that's a dance. Um, there's a lot of clips from movies and a lot of alien stuff, uh, the alien movies he's a big fan of, and Scarface, and TV shows, video game stuff. It's really one of those shows that's hard to explain, and I hope to have him on here so he could explain it better. But go check it out if you're in the Chicago area. It's on public access, channel 35. But if you can't watch it, which a lot of people usually are not home on a Saturday night at 9 o'clock, you can always check him out at TonyOTV.com. That will take you to his YouTube uh, channel, and a lot of his videos are on there, and you can watch them and see what you think. Don't Kill Yourself Mayonnaise was a popular one. My 8-year-old nephew was actually watching, and he, he was into it. He was liking the mayonnaise video and the, the butt wipe dance and all the other stuff he was doing. So, uh, yeah, like I said, quick plug for Tony OT, TonyOTV.com. Check him out on public access, Comcast Channel 35. And uh, like I said, I hope to get him on here and he could talk about his uh, TV show. And that'll wrap it up. This is the third episode of Infinite Banter. I'm Mark Jolliffe. I'll be back next week. I'll maybe give a quick uh, rundown of Fastlane and Raw and SmackDown and the road to WrestleMania. Uh, maybe talk about Walking Dead again. And if there's anything new that came out of the Captain Marvel movie that I didn't catch, I might bring that up. And uh, definitely want to talk about Hard to Earn, Gangstar's fourth album next week in depth, 25th anniversary of that album dropping. And uh, anything you guys say in the feedback, I'll bring that up as well. But uh, thanks for listening. And um, again, Twitter, at Infinite Banter. On Facebook, at Infinite Banter. You can find me on Twitter, DJ Soundwave 75 That is also my Instagram handle. I don't mind if you bother me on there. That's fine. And uh, podcast.com. Every episode will be on there. There's been three now. This will be number three. You can go ahead and check them out on there. In the past, I talked about Punisher on Netflix and uh, same stuff you've heard here. I talked about Black Lightning in that first week. Uh, last week, a lot about wrestling. And uh, so come on, check out the show. And I will tweet it out and links and everything. And you can also find me on Mixcloud and SoundCloud. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll check you guys next week. 